but I have cuts on my fingers, so now I know exactly where they are, too. Yes. All right. I used to tell a couple of jokes or something, but Pastor Legault stole them all. So, I guess I have to retire from that. It's early age for retirement. Um, I was thinking about, I have this piece of paper, though, on a serious note. I keep it in my Bible. And my mom was the one that sent me this, but I believe it's from uh, an old book called Blast from the Ram's Horn. But it says, if, no, if nobody is ever offended at your preaching, shut up your Bible and quit. You're in the wrong business. And uh, now you're not supposed to try to offend people. The preaching of God's word, it'll, it'll offend where it needs to offend. And give instruction and rebuke and ex exhortation. And it'll work where it's supposed to work if you let it. All right, 14 years, where's Michael at? Michael Shaw, right there, front and center. It's been 14 years since I was in my first year of Bible school, kind of where you're at right now. Nerves don't go away, so they're still there. No, so you get too comfortable up here, you got a problem. And I do appreciate him giving me so much extra time. So when you're, <laughs> we'll keep it at 30-ish. All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Hosea. Now that all that's out of the way. Hosea chapter 10. <clears throat> Thought I had another direction I was going to go for this meeting back when we, back when we heard about when it was going to happen and, and just looking ahead in the month, months to come. I thought I was going to be going with uh, the Lord, Lord resisteth the proud, who giveth grace to the humble, and uh, just that direction just didn't show up for me. And then I got redirected over to a verse that was my calling verse to go down to PBI, and just a verse that's really uh, stuck out in my mind. It's my life verse. It's Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. We'll go ahead and read there, and then we'll flip over to Jeremiah right after. Hosea 10, 12, sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Now look over at Jeremiah. Flip back to Jeremiah a few books. Jeremiah chapter 4. Don't you know that? It's not like turning to 1 John. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 4. And let's take a quick look at, down at verse 3. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. So tonight we're going to talk about wasted ground. That is the title for my message tonight, Wasted Ground. It's ground that at one point, one point in time, was invested in, possibly. Ground that was very usable. Ground that had a purpose and was possibly fulfilling its purpose. But it's wasted ground now. It's ground that, it's followed ground. And we're going to dive into this a little bit. We'll see what followed ground is. And go on from there and see what has to happen to take care of this issue. The thing to remember though throughout this message is that this is personal. Which all preaching should be applied to your life personally. 
it's not driving by your neighbor's house and thinking about them. All right, when, when your house is on fire, you don't run over to your neighbor's house and say, hey, uh, what are you guys doing in your house? You might have an issue going on when your house is on fire. Take care of your stuff. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about your foul ground and how to take care of it. Let's pray first. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for this church and what it stood for for, for all these years. And I just thank you for your pure words that we have. I thank you for pastors and preachers that will stand and proclaim, thus saith the Lord, and, and not waver on it. And I ask you just again, be with, be with this sermon tonight, Father, that it, would, that it would work in hearts, Father, it would work in my heart, Lord. And I pray that if anybody is dealing with any kind of an issue, that they would find some comfort in the scriptures and make a, a turning point this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so first we're going to look at what is fallow ground. We're defining the plots, the plot of ground. So um, basically, first point, we're just going to go through and describe what it is, and then we'll dive a little bit more into the message on what's there. So fallow ground, fallow ground is unsowed, not tilled, left to rest after a year or more of tillage as fallow ground unplowed, uncultivated, unoccupied, neglected, not in use, left unsowed after plowing. Now, as you listen to those definitions that came from a Webster's 1828 dictionary, which is not the Bible, but is a good place to get some definitions of words that you don't know. There's a lot of words I don't know, so I'll go over to the dictionary and try to figure it out a little bit. But follow ground, unsowed, untilled left to rest after a year more of tillage. So it's ground that is hard ground. It's ground that maybe it was tilled up at one point in time, maybe had the intentions of being used for something. Some ground was plowed, but then nothing was done. That place in your life is what we're looking at right now that needs work. The fallow ground, that place that is hard. Like I said, it might have gotten broken up by plowing in the past. Maybe some plowing happened in this building right here. Some plowing from this pulpit. Maybe some plowing over at the OCC or maybe in the youth group building or, or maybe in a nursing home that you were just in the crowd to, uh, you were just there to be an encouragement and some plowing happened for you. Wherever it might have been, maybe something had gotten broken up in your life and plowed with good intentions, but something happened and you did nothing with it. Nothing happened. You didn't sow anything. You prepared, but you let it just go to waste. Wasted ground, follow ground. Left unsowed after plowing. Man, what a waste of time. What a waste of effort. What a waste of ground. Now, that makes sense, right? It is a waste of ground. And I have to say we can all agree on that. But then if we apply it spiritually to our lives, think, man, I have wasted ground in my life right now. I have fallow ground. As a matter of fact, you do. I do as well. You di if you dig deep enough, you'll find fallow ground. The, the point, though, is do something about the fallow ground. And that leads us to our second point, detecting the problem. First, we're defining the plot. Next, we're going to detect the problem. What is in your fallow ground? Look at Luke chapter 8. Luke 
Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse, and we'll start off in verse 5. We'll just read 5 through 7, and then grab 14 right after. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell up among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Now look down at verse 14. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. What's in your fallow ground? Thorns. Just thorns. Thorns, just like what we're looking at in Luke. Hard ground. Fallow ground. Ground that's not being used. No, no good use for it. Sure, there's growth, but it's bad growth. It's something that's going to hurt you if you touch it. Something that you get close to it, it's going to snag you. You're going to get hurt. You're going to have some trouble trying to get out of it once you get into it. It needs to be broken up. Break up your fallow ground. The thorns, they sprung up. If uh, Back in Jeremiah said, break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. So say, hey, break up the fallow ground because there's thorns. And you shouldn't sow among, your th- among those thorns. What are they? Cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. Just like Luke chapter 8. All those cares and riches, whatever it is that your emphasis is on, you just want to let something go. Something over here, you don't want to deal with it. They're thorns, they're, just, they're infesting that area. And sure, they don't, they don't look a whole, they look harmless at first. You know, as they spring up in the ground, you say, well, it doesn't look that bad. But after a while, they get, they get harder. They get stronger. And they hurt a lot more the bigger they get and the more there are. You're just sitting there watching your thorns grow. Just looking over at that fallow ground every once in a while. Sure, you don't want to uh, dwell on the fallow ground because you'll get convicted about it. Say, Man, that land over there, I plowed it with intentions of putting a garden in 10 years ago. And look at that land over there right now. It's just, it's just wasted ground. I'm sure there's more than one person here that's plowed up some ground and hadn't planted anything there. I believe I might have had some ground at, uh, when I lived on Lawville Road that was plowed and never planted. Right, Tanya? Maybe? One time? Yes. Let's move on. But we're going to take a look at somebody in the Bible that just sat there and watched and did nothing. Let's look over at, uh, well, you don't actually, you don't even have to turn there for the sake of time. Uh, Judges chapter 5, verse 23, I'll go ahead and read it for you. But this is somebody that did nothing. A people that did nothing, and they were cursed because of it. Curse ye Meres, said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to the help of the Lord to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Meriz is a place north, north of Palestine. They came not to help Barak against Sisera. And they were cursed. The only time they show up in the Bible, the only verse is Judges chapter 5, verse 23. That is the only mentioning of Meriz. And it's connected with a curse. And why is it connected with a curse? Simply, they didn't come to the help of the Lord. They did nothing. They came not. They didn't do a thing. They just sat and watched. 
And that's just, it might, might just be like you today. Sitting and watching thorns grow on followed ground, hard ground. Look at 1 John chapter 2. All familiar places. First John chapter 2, uh, verses 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. All, that th- all those things, that the cares and riches and the pleasures, of life, they're all of the world, they're not of the Father. Those things are building up in your fallow ground, those thorns that are taking hold of your that area that you could have used for something good, but you let go to the wayside, and it became hard. They're not, they're not of God. Why would he want you to waste something? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. What's in your fallow ground? You know what's in your fallow ground tonight. It's your followed ground. It's, it's your piece of land. You know exactly what's there. I don't have to tell you what might be there. You know what's there. If you think in your mind, what is in my followed ground? Something just came to your mind, possibly. Or maybe you have to think about it for a moment, but something's there. It doesn't have to be this huge stretch of land that's followed ground. It might just be a little portion that you don't feel like dealing with over here. You have everything plowed over in this area. You have, all, you have your whole 10 acres spread over here plowed. But a little eighth of an acre over here, you just hadn't plowed it. Why? Just something you don't want to deal with. Maybe there's something hard over there that you don't want to deal with. Sure, you could be doing all good over here, but if you keep on doing neglecting something that needs to be done over on this side, well, you got a problem. And you can only put a problem off so long before it catches up to you. Lastly, determining to plow. How to fix the follow. How to fix the follow. First, you have to break it up. You have to. It won't be easy, but it will be necessary. You have to get rid of the thorns. You have to toss out the stumbling blocks. You know, when you're breaking that ground, you put, throw those straps over you and you're behind the plow, and you're going to plow the ground. Getting ready to sow. Intentions to sow and be determined to sow after you plow. It's going to be hard work, though. And that's what nobody wants to do is hard work. Nobody wants to put any sweat equity into a thing. I was joking around with my friend the other day saying that, uh, it's like, yeah, I actually, I was sweating at the gym. I really hate to sweat when I work out. And I was a, it was a joke because, I mean, if you're working, if you're trying to accomplish anything, any manual labor, you probably break a sweat if you're working hard enough. You know, while you're plowing, there's going to be some things that are going to be getting in the way. You just run into something hard in your, pl- in your lane that you're plowing. You don't just quit. I'm sure there's a lot of fallow grounds out there tonight. Maybe not even in this building, but other folks. That fallow ground in your heart, and there's a plow just out in the middle of that area. Just, there's a plow in the midst of a row and just stopped. The two leather straps are just hanging there over it. That would have gone over your shoulders. And that plow is just sitting there. You look, out, you look out there every once in a while and you see the plow. 
And you think about how you were plowing that land and how things were going good for you, but you ran into something, a stumbling block out there, a big old rock, and you, you stopped. You know what you do? Yeah, you stop when you hit the rock, and then you look out, you assess the issue that you're dealing with, that you ran into, dig around, let's dig a little deeper, get the problem out of the way, and then continue to plow. Like I said, sometimes you have to spend some time digging, put a little sweat equity in to the problem. And then next, it's time to sow. Sow to yourself in righteousness. Righteousness is purity of heart and rectitude of life. Conformity of heart and life to the divine law. And being applied to God, the perfection or holiness of his nature. That is what righteousness is. Psalm 126, 6, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. What are sheaves? Well, I'm going to tell you. A quality of the stocks of wheat, rye, oats, or barley bound together. Now, you're going to go out and you're going to, if you're weeping and you're bearing precious seed, you're sowing the seed, you're going to come again with rejoicing. You can mark her down, the Bible has enough guarantees in it, then you can understand that you're going to come back rejoicing if you put the work in. If you continue to plow, don't just leave your plow on that ground to get foul, that ground to get all foul, and just have it be a bad memory. Have it be a good work. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Man, thorns can get you. You think you're going to sneak right by them too sometimes, and all of a sudden they snag you. And plenty of times walking out in the woods, and man, they catch you, and they stop you. And you think, okay, well, I'm not going to keep going because I just got snagged. I'm just going to get out of here and never go again. Ah, let's go over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm in 13. That's not going to work for this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. His own labor. Not somebody else's, his own labor. There's people that plant. There's people that water. God gives the increase. The increase is up to God, not you. Stop being so burdened with giving the increase because it's not your job to give the increase. It is not my job to give the increase. It is my job to be faithful in the other components of that scripture. He doesn't say that I, I gave the increase and Apollos gave the increase. It just says, hey, I, I planted. I mean, he gave out, gave out a couple gospel tracts, maybe said a, a scripture verse on a street corner or just told somebody, uh, somebody in passing just uh, encouraged man, gave him a verse or something. You're planting something. Apollos, he's watering. He's going by somebody that's already been maybe witnessed to and giving them a little bit more scripture and just a little bit more encouragement. Hey, you should come out to church sometime. We'd love to have you out. And, oh, wow, I just talked to such and such, and he told me something about that. He's watering on something that's going on there. And then God gives the increase. Like I said, it's up to God to give the increase, not you and I. It's just our job to be faithful. You need to make sure you break it all up. Break it all up. 
The hard to reach areas, yes, those too. It's hard work, but it's good work and it's right work. The places that are uncomfortable to plow up. I think uh, Michael said something about being uncomfortable. Yes, he said, are you worried about being made uncomfortable? And that's the thing that nobody wants to get out of their comfort zones. We're into the convenience and comfortable age right now. And, but you have to get uncomfortable and do some plowing. Plow the areas that are hard. It's, you, feel, you feel like you accomplish something after you do something hard. You know, something that's easy, it's like, eh, you know, whatever. But something that's hard and you're done with it, man, you feel, I feel good when I accomplish something. I finish something that was a hard task or whatever. I feel pretty good about it after. Because you know you put in some work and it paid off at the end. When I think of partial plowing, and I'm sure churches are, I've been, I've been guilty of it in my life, partial plowing. I think of leaders through the Old Testament that only did part of what they were supposed to do. I, uh, this kind of hit me in my Bible reading this morning in Second Chronicles. And uh, we'll go to Second Chronicles. That's going to be our last scripture we go to this evening. Second Chronicles, chapter 20. Now you know where I am in my Bible reading. Second Chronicles chapter 20, and then after that we'll flip back to, uh, uh, we're not going to flip back, but we'll, I'll just quote, I'll just read you the verse in chapter 14, but in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, verse 31, and Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah, and he was 35 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 5 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Ezebah, the daughter of uh, Shili, Shilhai. And he walked in the way of Asa's father, and departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Howbeit, the high places were not taken away. You know, this is uh, partial plowing right here. He did almost all of the area that he was supposed to do, but he didn't do it all. He didn't take care of everything that needed to get done. And look at what it cost him. Look at what it cost him after that. We can just go ahead and keep reading. Uh, For as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. And verse 35, And after this did Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, join himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who did very wickedly. And he joined himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish, and they made the ships to uh, Eziamber, sure, that word, a certain place. Then Eliezer, the son of Dodeva of Merisha, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because thou hast joined thyself with Ahaziah, the Lord hath broken thy works. See what happens when you don't plow, you, you don't do everything you're supposed to do, you leave some foul ground. You have some issues. You have some problems with God. But in Second Chronicles chapter 14, Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves. And he, said, he has some pretty, uh, quite the different uh, outcome here because he did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. He plowed it all. He plowed it all. Folks, tonight, 
What are you doing with your wasted ground? You know, the verse that says, sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Now that you know what fallow ground is, and I'm sure you found what it is in your life, that spot that's supposed to be, you're supposed to be doing something with it, but you're not. It is high time to take care of the problem. You know where the fallow ground is. It's that spot over there on the, on the far side of your field of life that has just a plow sitting in the middle of it, hard ground. Hey, the Lord, he wants to, he wants to rain some righteousness upon you. But he doesn't want you sowing among the thorns. Break up your fallow ground tonight, for it is time to seek the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for this church. And I thank you for your goodness and your mercies. I ask, Lord, that you would just uh, uh, use this scripture and that it would go forth and to work where it needs to work, Father. And I pray you would come back soon. In Jesus' name, amen.